When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. It's Civilized Barking Week 7. Zach Jackson here. Um, Eventually we're going to have on my colleague and friend in Baltimore, Jeff Zraybeck. He's covered the Ravens for a long time. Um, This was always going to be a big game. Browns-Ravens always is a big game, right? It has been through the circumstances. Um... And we know the circumstances for the Browns aren't good. So um, we'll get into that. And we'll get into some Asking Jackson mailbag questions and questions you guys posted on the app. As promised, um, I wish I could say, you know, I see a breakthrough. I wish I could say it's one area if they clean up. But you guys watch the same games I do. The defense has been gashed by the run. It's been gashed in prevent situations. It's not making the big plays. And when Miles Garrett made one last week, they didn't get any points off of it, right? Uh, they loaded up to stop the run and ended up getting shredded by Bailey Zappi, the third-string rookie. So um, the Ravens are reeling, too. They're 3-3 three and three despite having led by double digits in every game. Yes, the Ravens have had a double-digit lead in all six of their games, and they've only won three of them. It's hard to explain. We'll ask Jeff to try to explain that. Um, they have some holes on their defense. This is not a defense full of almost said killers, which you can't say that against about the Ravens uh, of pro bowlers like they've had for so many, uh, so much of the last 20 some years, right? Um, they have a new coordinator and um, they're a little shaky in the secondary. Their pass rush is hoping to get some guys back. So they've obviously been vulnerable there. Um, now the Browns are not a team that comes from double digits down. All right. We know what the Browns formula has to be. And let's run the crap out of the ball, run it some more, uh, mix in the pass, right? But the Browns need more out of their defense, guys. Um, I go back and watch the game, and I'm no scheme expert. I don't know what the calls and the responsibilities are from Wednesday to Saturday. But I know guys are out of position. I know too many times offenses are getting exactly what they want in terms of blockers getting to a spot, and there's a guy to block. And the the runner or receiver just – reads that block and takes off. And, and the screenshot was in my Browns rewind um, on the third and 10 play. The draw play, Stevenson takes off. One safety's in the backfield. Another safety's in the backfield turned a different way. All of the backside pursuit guys are getting blocked. Um, one safety doesn't see where the ball is because he ran right into his block. And then the corner gets blocked, and by the time he breaks off the block, not there. And now the corner is supposed to have time to get off that block because somebody is supposed to be in the way. There was a safety blitz of some sort, you would think, because Grant Dalton's six yards in the backfield um, as Stevenson is eight yards on the field. So, yeah, it's been bad. Um, losing Anthony Walker, who 
is a super important and sharp player and experienced player and a guy that's respected in and out of that locker room was always going to be a blow. We talked about it, right? But to see the whole tent fall down because you lost Anthony Walker says there's big, big problems here. And there are. Um, these are huge investments in John Johnson and in Grant Delpit, a high second-round pick. Where are they? Um, and, and, you know, I like Kevin Stefanski. And I think Kevin Stefanski has been great for for this organization. And Kevin Stefanski can obviously coach offense. I mean, this defense has wasted better offensive efforts than any of us could have ever expected. But, guys, the, the blank stares, the not answering questions, um, the game mismanagement things. I mean, Belichick coaches circles around him. Now Belichick coaches circles around a lot of people, right? And then he says no personnel changes on defense. Well, I get that he wouldn't say it because that's a strategy thing. And I get that they don't have anyone else because of bad evaluations, because of arrogance in, in the evaluations. But when there's no accountability, then what's that say about the whole operation? And again, what's leadership look like? I don't know. Takes on many forms, right? Um, in the NFL, it generally looks like, you know, older players looking out for young players, guys selflessly putting their bodies on the line. Um, it looks like every team having bad games and bad drives and blown coverages or drop passes or whatever, and then bouncing back from there. I mean, these are 100-hour work tweaks. There's plenty of time to get this shit fixed, right? It doesn't look like blank stares from the coach. It doesn't look like dropping punts and guys running out of bounds, right? It doesn't look like defenders raising their arms at their teammates like, where were you supposed to be? It doesn't look like a $230 million quarterback who's not allowed to play. It doesn't look like a $200 million defensive end who misses time because he wrecked his Porsche. The Browns are a mess right now. So they're good enough running the ball and relying on that offensive line and pounding people to get back. There's so much money invested and talent, raw talent on this defense that this shit should not be happening. They're only a game out because the Ravens and Bengals have limped around and given away leads and struggled with various things, offensive line, secondary, whatever. Bengals defense is playing well. Their offense, you know, has not been good. Maybe they found something last week. Anyway, the Browns are right in it despite all these things, but there's a lot of things, <laughs> a whole lot of things. And I hear, uh, as I wrote in the Asking Jackson mailbag that posted this morning before we started recording this, I hear, I see, I mean, the defense is such a mess. I, I don't know why Joe Wood still has a job either, right? What does it fix instantly? I don't know. Um, I watched the special teams for four years. I <laughs> I mean, obviously they won on, on Cade's kick, but on a week-to-week, drive-to-drive, quarter-to-quarter basis, when do the Brown special teams make positive plays to gain yardage, or um, set the team up. You know, it it, it doesn't happen. Um, and last week, the Patriots said, come run at us, we dare you. And, you know, from going back and watching the game, there's a couple specific plays where the Browns call runs, they run right into the teeth, and then they just don't run anymore. And they just – they gave the Patriots exactly what they wanted. So things are a mess. I mean, a three-game losing streak will do that to anybody, right? In, in like, in fairness – in taking away from overreaction and anger and in taking a step back here where it's still mid-October, like teams have issues, right? Wrong coverages get called. Young players get fooled on fakes and, um, you know, where they're supposed to be. 
And frustration comes when little mistakes happen, especially mental errors and penalties and things, um, because they're out there in, in, in these physical battles all the time, right? But it hasn't been one aspect. It hasn't been one game where we cleaned it up. And it was just super alarming to go back and watch last week. And, okay, it was time for the Browns to just play more man, load up the box, and, and you know, try to – give the run defense some confidence and make Bailey Zappi beat him. Well, Bailey Zappi shredded him. Simple motions before the play to give the rookie quarterback a look at what the defense was playing. He knew where to go. It didn't always get there. It got there a lot. They singled up JOK and Grant Delpit in big moments with the tight ends, and they went for big plays. The Patriots played that game not a step ahead, a step and a half at minimum ahead. Right. And so, you know, the Browns were in a lot of close schemes and they're going to be in a lot of close schemes. And we've seen glimpses. Obviously, the offense has played pretty well, although last week, you know, having to pass time, 45 times is not the winning formula. Turning it over on the second play of the game is certainly not the winning formula. And you know, we can absolutely think that we're expecting to see the Joe, Jacoby Brissett, who's always been a backup. Rather than Jacoby Brissett, we played in September. We saw in September. Um, excuse me, but a lot of frustration. So a lot going wrong, and um, I'm, I wouldn't write. And there's precedent for this, right? Any season off, any operation off here, this early, especially when you're only a game out, especially when you know you have guys that have produced. And I mean, th- I know the bar's low, but it. As, we, as the Browns approach 25 years back in the league, they've never had this roster of this pedigree and proven NFL production. And again, that's what makes us so maddening. For the first time in 15 years, the Browns have continuity. They have the third year of the entire coaching staff, of the front office. You know, it's not just desperately trying to plug holes, and there's a lot of them. By the third year, you're supposed to know what kind of linebacker do you want? Who do we need? Right to make our receiving core better, our tight end core better. Um, what kind of defensive tackle, defensive end? You know, what, what has this team been lacking in terms of leadership, a third receiver, a change of pace guy, whatever it is? You're supposed to know all those things because you have three seasons, you have plenty of evidence. I mean, this looks like a freaking expansion team. This looks like a preseason game when the defense is out there. It's amazing. So are the players just not that good? Are the guys picking the players way off? I mean, I think there's a lot of blame to go around. And it's amazing. I It doesn't all go on Joe Woods. And I understand you don't want to bail on the season and show panic. And what would it really fix? I, I don't know because we're not in the defensive meetings every week. But I could not believe last Monday that he still had a job. I could not believe Wednesday – when I asked Kevin Stefanski if there were personnel changes coming on defense, and he looked at me like he was stunned that I would ask the question. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm going to answer some of these asking Jackson questions, but I don't know what the hell's going on either, guys. Again, we're all watching the same game. Well, that, that's the thing. This is not the first year where you go and you're wondering what is this offense going to look like when it gets to game four and game six as compared to game one. What is this defense going to look like when so-and-so rookie emerges or when so-and-so has to play? Or when it is third and ten, you know what? What do they do? What 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 goes on? No, we know, we know what it looks like. We know what it's supposed to look like. This this group has had a level of success. 
They came out of last season and they blamed the quarterback. And guess what? The quarterback sucked. <laughs> but it turns out there was a lot, lot, lot more problems. And so I would like to think, even without Wyatt Teller for at least a week, probably more, that they can run the ball, right? They can play keep away. Uh, we saw them pick off Lamar Jackson four times last year and still lose the game. I mean, even by Brown standards, again, that's that's pretty bad. But I think they can control the ball. I think they can give themselves a chance to win. They can avoid the Ravens getting a double-digit lead. And, you know, with a little bit of defense. But I think Mark Andrews could set records because these safeties are never in the right place, right? If the Bengals get – or the Ravens, excuse me, get Rashad Bateman back, that's an element of – uh, the passing game that they haven't had. And we know what Lamar does and can do. And we've seen great Lamar. We've seen bad Lamar against the Browns. That'll happen when you play somebody all these times. And I think that, you know, the Browns in investing in Clowney and JOK, um, again, in, in the investments they made in Grant Dalton and John Johnson, it's supposed to be for Lamar and Mark Andrews. But what kind of effort are they going to get from these guys? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Um, the sky has not fallen yet. But, again, what, does anybody think this is going anywhere but continuing to sink? Not based on anything we've seen to this point. 11 games left, right? Um, seven weeks till the Savior comes back in. Five games, I guess, right? Yeah. We'll see how it goes. Question from Doogie to Askin Jackson. A change in D.C. means a change in scheme and personnel with no first-round picks, a tight salary cap in 23, and only Garrett in the corners looking like keepers. Where does Barry begin to fix the defense? Yeah, so change means change. Um, if this is rock bottom or near, then, then change is good. Do I think the Browns would go to a completely – would hire a 3-4 defensive coordinator? No. Um, you know, they don't have three NFL linebackers right now where they're going to get four. Right. Um, but yes, this, this is again, the maddening part of the frustrating part, the difficult part, um, in regards to the salary cap, the Browns have a lot for this year, but they need that rollover because Deshaun's number is 50 million. You know, Amari's number the next two years is 25 million. Wards goes up and Joku stays 14 for next year. Um, it, you know, the, the salary cap is an issue. They've invested in this team. So, um, you know, more from Miles. Obviously, anything from Clowney, who's missed three of the last four games. You know, anything from JOK, who's supposed to be a cornerstone piece. Deion Jones coming in. Again, that was clearly a panic trade. Panic doesn't mean bad in the grand scheme of, of trying to fix it and diagnose. At least that's the one admission that there's major problems, right? So Deion Jones, who's played a lot of football, played in big games, played at a high level, and just by being there, you know, should make the other guys better, but actually being on the field should make them better. Maybe, maybe there's improvement coming. I mean, there's big games in John Johnson's past, right? Maybe Delpit was just a bad pick. I don't know. Um, but again, when you watch, like, you know, are they playing too much zone with man-to-man -man corners? You know, why did they think these defensive tackles were a good idea? What are they doing? Where are they? But I, I, I just see Jacob Phillips 
either running the wrong way or getting turned around and, and being a step late, right? Like over and over and over again. And the, and the Ravens can run right at you and make you respect, you know, Lamar coming out the backside or going deep. But they can also spread you out and just pick you apart where you're weak. And the Browns currently are weak in several different spots. So it's Clowney and Garrett to have huge games, um, make Lamar rush his decisions, make Lamar run back to where the traffic is, or it's Lamar and Andrews go nuts and, and this thing stinks. So a uh, question from Browns 05 is it's time to seriously question Andrew Barry as a GM. Well, sure. I mean, again, it's not just sitting here picking out certain players and picking on certain players who are clearly grossly underperforming. It's you made this Watson move because you said we're good. You said we got the roster. We're ready to do this. We're ready as an organization, which they weren't. They've always been a shit show of an organization on every level that obviously reflects every Sunday. Um, but the you said our roster's ready. The roster's not ready. The Browns have quality, and nobody has quality depth at every position. The Browns have quality depth on the offensive line and running back. The Browns have almost no depth in other spots. I mean, the coaches can't play Ronnie Harrison. They show us that every week. He plays five snaps or he plays nine snaps. Um, the only other safety on the roster is an undrafted rookie from West Florida. Okay. Don't pin Johnson half the play. Right? Like, it's it's amazing. So, anyway, I answered a ton of the Asking Jackson questions um, in the mailbag. Go there. Keep sending them to me. We'll keep answering them. I'll get on the app and answer them as I did. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Jeff Zraybeck is my colleague in Baltimore. As I mentioned before, he knows the Ravens well. He's covered them for a long time. He knows the division well. We do the AFC North whip around. Um, Jeff, welcome to the show. Good morning, Zach. How are you doing? Well, you know, um, I'm getting older by the minute, but that's happened for all 20-plus years that I've covered the Browns. So um, I do love the Baltimore trip. I love the stadium. I love the importance of these games. I love to watch Lamar Jackson play. It's an absolute treat. Um Obviously, I follow closely. I haven't seen them in person. I've only seen glimpses because I think with one exception, the Browns and Ravens have played at the same time. Um, if you had to pick one thing, Jeff, what what is the one reason that the Ravens are 3-3 three and three instead of 5-1 and one or even 6-0? and oh? Yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, Zach, it's just a matter of, you know, finishing. And, and by saying finishing, I, I don't just mean fourth quarters. Uh, you know, obviously that's been well documented. Their struggles late in the game. They blew a 21-point fourth quarter lead in um, against the Miami. They blew a 10-point fourth quarter lead against the Giants. Um, they blew a, a 20-3 second quarter lead against the Bills. So obviously their, their problems late in games have been well documented. But um, by finishing, I also mean drives both offensive and defensive third downs have been an issue um you know in week one the defense 
I forgot what it was, but uh, you know, it was Joe Flacco and the Jets, and the and the third down defense was great. They had some ridiculous number on third down where they're getting off the field. So that's kind of uh, obscured the numbers. Like they're ranked 11th or 12th in third down defense, but that's though that number is overblown because uh, you know their success mostly came in week one. They've not been able to get off the field. I mean, they're allowing. Daniel Jones to uh, convert in third and 12 and third and 14. That can't happen. Offensively, they're leaving too much on the field on third downs. And, and then in the red zone, which goes to finishing too, they're settling too often for field goals and they're not forcing field goals often enough. It's just, you know, they've looked as good as you could possibly look at times. I, I you know, I get accused of being negative. Uh, I know that shocks you, but uh, you watch them sometimes. You're like, wow, if this team figures a few things out, they're, they could be a tough out, uh, you know, in January. But then they kind of, you know, it gets, uh, you know, there's moments in each game where they remind you why they're uh, three and three and, and they're not, you know, five and one or six and no. They just, you know, they, 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 just, they just have to have a killer instinct and, and learn how to finish, uh, you know, in, in all those areas I just talked about. All right, guys, so as we record this, um, it's Thursday. We're still 72 hours from kickoff, so we don't know a ton about injuries, Jeff, but it it's, is important. On the Browns side, they're not going to have Teller, I would say, maybe at best on Ward. They, they will have Clowney and Garrett, I expect, but uh, probably not at 100%, which you know is kind of universal. On the Ravens side, you know, Ronnie Stanley and J.K. Dobbins are back, but not all the way back. Will Rashad Bateman be back this week? I was I, I was surprised. He looked pretty good yesterday. Um, and usually if the Ravens are, you know, if guys are out there on a Wednesday, that usually bodes pretty well for a sun uh, for Sunday. I don't think that was an injury. They expected him to miss a lot of time. Uh, I think they expected it would be about a two, three week injury. And we're right in that range now. Uh, I think, you know, we'll see how he progresses throughout the week. I think he has a decent shot. Uh, to play Sunday. I, I, I think they've kind of pinpointed this game for his return. Now, whether he gets through practices without any setbacks and how he's feeling, that's hard to predict at this at this part of the week. But they're hopeful on that one, that's for sure. Okay, so Bateman, uh, their first-round pick a year ago, is a big, talented dude. He's a good player, Jeff. He's not a great player yeah. yet. Will he be? I don't know. But he's pretty important to this offense, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, they haven't had him the last two games and they're, you know, they've just really struggled, uh, you know, downfield getting any place downfield. Uh, you know, it was a big talking point all off season. What are they doing at receiver? They traded Marquise Brown, didn't replace him. They put a lot of stock in young receivers that they drafted. I mean, they went through a three year span here recently where they drafted more receivers than anybody in football and their kind of attitude this off season after trading, Marquise Brown was, okay, these guys are going to play. Um, we need to see what we have. That means Bateman. That means Devin Duvernay, who was quiet last week. Um, but he's kind of he, – he's answered the bell a little bit. I mean, there's been a little inconsistency there, but I, I think he's given them what they expected and hoped. Um, but without Bateman, it's just kind of been Duvernay and a bunch of guys. You know, James Prochet, a former – Six-round pick really is barely playing. Tylon Wallace, a fourth-round pick last year, is barely playing. Uh, it's pretty much been without Bateman, Mark Andrews, a little bit of Devin Duvernay, and then Lamar Jackson in the run game. There just really hasn't been much downfield without Bateman. Right. Amid all that talk about you know the, the questions at receiver, I think the Ravens' response was, we're just going to get back to running the rock, which yep. they couldn't do last year, right, because they ended up with all those 45-year-old running backs. But – they haven't been able to do that yet either, right? 
Um, until recently, that had been, you know, that had been kind of an issue. Um, you know, until recently, it was pretty much Lamar Jackson running the ball accounted for most of their numbers. Um, but, you know, there's some signs. I mean, they, they, they completely gouged what was admittedly a very bad Giants run defense last week. You know, they had over, uh, you know, 200 yards rushing in that game. And, and it was Kenyon Drake, of all people, who'd been a healthy mm-hmm. scratch who rushed for about 120 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, Gus Edwards could be back Sunday. He hasn't played. He missed all of last season. He tore his uh, ACL on the eve of the season. He hasn't played in a while, uh, you know, a year plus now. So um, they're pinpointing either Sunday or that they turn around Thursday, the following week and play. Um, I don't think Gus Edwards will have a big role, even if he does play, but it's just another guy to add to the mix. We'll see what Dobbins has to offer. His knee tightened up um, a little bit in the, uh, on that pleasant uh, MetLife Stadium turf, and, and, and he, didn't, <laughs> he, well, he didn't practice Wednesday, so we'll see where he's at. But they're starting to get some momentum there on the ground, and I, and I think a big part of it is you have Ronnie Stanley back at left tackle. I think uh, the rookie first-round center, Linderbaum, is kind of warming to the task a little bit. Uh, their left guard, Ben Powers, who has you know not been – you know, been kind of an average guy throughout his career has, has suddenly, you know, broke out a little bit where they're getting pretty good play out of him. So I think the offensive lines coming together, they feel like they're getting the running backs back and healthy and their passing game has been a little bit of a struggle here recent weeks. So, uh, you know, I could see a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of running the football uh, Sunday. Um, you know, obviously I'm sure the Ravens are aware of, of some of the struggles of the Browns stopping the run. Right. Um, you know, Nick Chubb's been one of the best in the game since he first emerged on the scene. The Ravens obviously know about him. They've been burned by him, right? What else about the Browns uh, concerns the Ravens? And you know, where, where, what couple of matchups do you think will end up deciding this one? Yeah, you know, um, obviously, I think Browns with the defense, you start with the pass rushers. And, you know, Stanley's just coming back uh, after playing like, you know, he played one game in about a year and a half. So he's really just on his third game. So that's a tough task to deal with those guys. Morgan Moses, their starting right tackle, has a heel injury. I would say he's highly questionable for Sunday. Um, So those issues protecting Jackson and and keeping those guys from wrecking the game, I I, I think are first and and foremost. And, you know, you mentioned Chubb, their run game. this isn't the old Ravens run, um, defense where they completely just swallowed up running games. I mean, they took a step forward a little bit against Barkley uh, this past week. He, he had about 83 yards, but it, it needed like 22 carries to do it. They 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 would have taken the effort, you know, against Barkley that they gave. So that was right. a positive, but still, it, it's a different animal with the way the Browns run the football behind that offensive line. Um, I, I think that's an area um where you know you can't you can't just let the browns control the game with that with those backs in their run game and i imagine that's what they'll try to do so they're going to need to figure out a way to slow them down early um get Brissett and some third and longs and then show the ability to actually get off the field i i, I mean it sounds like in talking to different coaches they're pretty miffed about their inability their struggles on third down i mean that was always an area strength i mean wink martindale would be running these exotic blitzes and getting free right. run, free runners at the quarterback. And uh, their first-year offensive coordinator, Mike McDonald, has not shown that ability uh, to help 
his defense get off the field on third downs. And uh, but you know, if Brissett's in third and shorts all day, I think the Browns are going to be just fine. So I started to dive into this yesterday, Jeff, and I got distracted. I'm sure you know. Are they the first team in NFL history to lead? Um, there's some stat about the Ravens leading all these games by double digits, but only being three and three, right? Yeah, I think. I thought I saw like the first team like 39 years or something, okay. something ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been it's been tough because you watch them at times. You're like, wow. I I mean, they've you know they they took it to the Bills for a half. They were you know, and even against the Bills, they weren't. I think the sure. Bills are probably the most balanced team, the best team in football. And the Ravens, you know, have every business should have won that game. And and you know, I'm not a. I don't think the Giants are for real. I, I'm still you know. The Dolphins, nah, I think they'll be okay, but I don't think they're, you know, they don't scare anybody. Yeah. But, you know, we they seen, led that game by 21, didn't they? Yeah, they let in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they had a 21 oh point lead with about 13 minutes left in the fourth quarter. It, it's, it's been pretty unreal because, you know, you've watched enough Ravens teams where you, they got the lead and you have Lamar in that run game. You could pretty much kill the clock. And you had that defense that could kind of pin their ears back and get the quarterback when there were must pass situations. But, uh, it's kind of, you know, you get late in the games now with this team and you wonder what's going to go wrong. It's just how it's been. And I mean, it kind of started late last year, too. Now, they didn't have any players. Their whole secondary was decimated late last year. But still, it, it, they're back closer to good health in that area and they're still struggling to get off the field late in games. All right, let's go big picture here for the last one, Jeff. Um, you know, the Browns told the world they were ready to win. They made the all-in move, traded the farm for Deshaun Watson, and it was Steve Bichotti, the Ravens owner. Um, I think a lot of people didn't like the contract, but he actually put his name on it back at the owners' meetings. And then the Ravens and Lamar didn't get that deal done. Do, do you think that there's a direct correlation between the Watson deal and the Lamar getting it done, or are there just too many other factors at play that, that as to why the Lamar deal didn't get done? Oh, I think no question there's a correlation. Uh, you know, by all by all accounts, what was holding up the, the lack of a you know a deal for, for Lamar Jackson was he wanted a fully guaranteed deal. I mean, I heard at points he wanted more than the Watson fully guaranteed deal. And well he should, he actually plays football. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <yeah. laughs> and and you know, like I kind of knew. Well, you knew, like, because I was part of that little group at the owners' meetings with Steve Bishotti. I don't think he was, he, you know, he was a skeptic, but he kind of said, look, I'm not, we're, we're not going to allow that to affect how we do business. And, and you know, knowing knowing the, the sides, you knew the Ravens weren't going to allow, you know, the Browns to stipulate what they should do with their quarterback. But, uh, you know, the bottom line is that deal was out there. Lamar Jackson you know, wanted a fully guaranteed deal. And I don't know if that would have been the ask if, if the Watson deal never happened, it certainly would have been, uh, you know, there wouldn't have been as room for him to suggest that's what he deserves if that Watson deal didn't happen. So there's no question. I think that, you know, there's a lot of issues at play there and there's a lot of challenges of getting that deal done. But uh, I think one of the major challenges is kind of the precedent uh, that the, that the Watson deal set and, and Lamar Jackson wanting wanting a fully de fully guaranteed deal himself. Yeah, you know, I I guess I just missed probably the only the second time I've ever been wrong. But like when Bashadi was making those comments, and that was I was just like, eh, this is just talk, right? People talk at the owners' meetings. That's what you do. It's yeah. March. There's no games. It's talk. But um, that is. That is certainly interesting. Is there any chance, because we know they can use the franchise tag, is there any chance Lamar's not a Raven next year? 
I would be highly surprised. Any chance, I would say very slim. But, you know, Zach, I'm kind of, I've kind of been on the other side of this. You know, not, I, you know, I, you were talking about Lamar earlier, and, and I totally agree. I, I, I love watching him play. Uh, there's so many qualities about him, you know, I, I think that don't even get the credit he deserves. His toughness, uh, you know, he, he's, he takes hits. He doesn't complain. He keeps playing. He wants the ball in his hand. He holds himself. All those things you love about him. And, and I'm in that too. But, you know, there's also a part of me that wants to see what this team becomes. Uh, you know, at some point they have to decide. And it's not just Lamar. I'm talking more about the style of offense they play with Lamar. Uh, at some point, they have to decide whether this is going to allow them to win a championship. Is this the way they're going to win it? Is Greg Roman the right guy to preside over this offense? They believe Roman is the best guy to kind of structure this offense around Lamar Jackson's skill set. But at what point do you say, you know what, this this probably isn't going to work. This probably has taken us as far as we can go. We haven't had really beyond one playoff win, um, which, you know, the offense and Lamar didn't even play really well in the game. It was the defense that kind of shut down the Titans that one year. They really haven't done well in the playoffs. Um, so, you know, I would want to see a little bit more in terms of more of the offense rather than just purely Lamar. Is this going to get us where we need to go? So I have no problem with the Ravens approach here. Um, you know, uh, if, if that's what he wants, a fully guaranteed deal, I, I have no problem with, you know, saying, look, we'll see well, we have the franchise tag. So we have at least two more years of seeing how this is going to look, how this is going to be, how far this is going to take us. We're going to take advantage of those two years uh, to make sure, but they, you know, the, this whole team is built around Lamar Jackson. They love the guy. He's the face of the, you know, the, he's the, you know, face of the franchise. He's the, uh, you know, the, the, the most popular athlete in the city, you, you know, you, we love to joke about all the Ravens jerseys, old players you see, but you know, you love it. You, love it. My favorite part of going to that. Stadium. Yeah. You go to the training, uh, you know, you go to training camp and, and you just see thousand Lamar Jackson jerseys. He's the guy. So it would not be easy for them to part. I don't think they want to, that's not the plan. They expect him to be their quarterback, but you just never know. There's been some bad vibes around this team over the last year now with them finding ways to lose, with them constantly dealing with injuries, uh, unhappy players like Marquise Brown and Orlando Brown wanting out. I mean, there's some issues that never used to happen to Baltimore that they're kind of grappling with and they've been grappling with. Uh, so you just never know what happens if the season goes bad. Do, do they decide they need to do something? Do they decide they need to change? I highly doubt it. I think Lamar's their guy. I think he will be their quarterback going forward. But I'm not ready to 100% eliminate the chances that if this season doesn't end well, there could be massive changes. Uh, and those changes, uh, you know, could be a new direction in some different areas. Again, I, I don't want that to be a headline. I highly doubt it. But I just wouldn't 100% dismiss the idea, Zach. Well, you know, one thing that could be really good for the Harbaugh-Roman relationship or the Roman-Lamar Jackson relationship, playing the Cleveland Browns defense. That could be really good for it. So we'll see. All right, uh, quick game pick, Jeff. I, I think, you know, I, I, the Browns defense can't be any worse. And and, and you would expect this to be like a, our life's on the line, our season's on the yeah. line game. So I think I don't think it's a blowout. I also can't really pick the Browns to win. What say you? Yeah, I'm with you, uh, Zach. I, I I think I haven't thought of a score yet, but I think it, it's going to be a three-point type game. 
Uh, I just trust the Ravens a little bit uh, more, and, and and I know they've struggled uh, in those areas, but I just think they have a you know with Lamar at quarterback, and and their defense has played better for most of the game than the Browns have. So I you know I would lean towards Ravens in a, in a close game, a field goal type game. I can't wait to come eat the crab cakes and see all the Chris McAllister and Adelius Thomas jerseys. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite part. Our boy Morrison was. We had you know the the Bengals in town on a Sunday night, and they didn't have crab cakes. And and I don't you know Jay was not happy. He was a he was kind of grouchy the rest of the the night, which was disappointing. I'll be in I'll be in Baltimore for like thirty hours. I'll go to Nick's Fish House like four times. <laughs> nice. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah. And, and as we said, best press box in the league in terms of vantage point and, and, and all that. So, yeah. yeah, it's it's always a good game day. Yeah, speaking of Adelius Thomas, he could play for the Browns right now. Anyway, this has been Civilized Parking. He is Jeff Zraybeck. Um, the AFC North whip will be out Friday. The Ask and Jackson mailbag is posted. Uh, will there be – yeah, there will be at least one other thing before the game. Um, sorry, I'm, I'm starting to lose track of what day it even is. It's week seven. It's the two and four Browns. Against the three and three Ravens Sunday at MT Bank Stadium. The Browns aren't dead yet. We'll revisit that Sunday at four. Thanks for listening.